Does praying matter? Or perhaps we should ask how it matters when dealing with people. It makes sense to pray about illnesses or natural disasters because God can change things miraculously. However, when dealing with people and their choices, they make that they make we know that God and we know that God does not erase free will thus we might wonder why we should pray about situations if it is other people who are responsible for making those choices and that those choices may not line up with God or God's will in this episode we discuss the expectations of prayer and how we should incorporate prayer meaningfully into our lives all right welcome to kingdom of the logos a christian program of critical thinking and adventure and today we're going to have a good conversation about prayer and the need to have good expectations for prayer. So that's really the emphasis of today's program. So thank you for joining us. We hope you're having a good day. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor, but I'm not alone here in Cord Purgatory. I'm Pastor Amanda Sparrow. Pastor Anthony Alegria. I'm Pastor Mike Proctor. And join us in on the conversation. Send us your thoughts, questions, comments. Do you think prayer matters? And do you think that our expectations for prayer are something that are reasonable? In the church, we need to discuss these things and make sure that we're holding ourselves to godly standards. So today in this conversation, I'm going to throw things back to Pastor Amanda. She's going to kind of give us a setup for why we even need to have this conversation. Well, in, in talking, uh, ha- continual conversation uh, with those here at Kingdom of the Logos, I, I had mentioned a question that I had personally because um, my husband and I have been praying about a job situation of his, and I think, and we really have been praying about it for months, and at some point I got, <laughs> I just honestly got tired. And I thought, I was like, why are we praying about this? Because even if we, we, you know, we pray for him to have this job opportunity, and even if it's God's will that this job opportunity happens, people have free will. That's what we believe as Wesleyan Arminians. Um, And that free will, they can choose to go against God's will. And so even if this job opportunity would have been God's will, these people could choose against it. And so what was the purpose in bringing this to God as a prayer request? How did, why did this matter? And so then that is what brought us to today's question of how does prayer really matter? Yeah, you know, this is something we've all thought about. If you're a real living flesh and blood person, you've probably thought about this. And if you're a Christian, you've thought, you know, I'm praying about things, but if people have free will, why am I praying about certain things? Take, for instance, you know, I'm single. Anthony's also single. The other two in here are married. But, you know, you're like, well, you know, I I really would like that to have a wife or something like that. Am I just going to sit down and pray and then go and expect to just find wife sitting on the, the porch outside? You know, because people have free will. So is God taking away their free will to bring them? You know, all these questions happen where we're like, why are we praying about something which requires a person of free will's choice in it? But the truth is, there, we should take things to God. We should take things to God in prayer. But we must have the correct expectations of prayer because the answer to the question, does prayer matter? The answer is yes, prayer does matter, and we should be taking things to the Lord in prayer. But the conversation I want us to have today is the expectations we have because a lot of times having good understanding of prayer and understanding how we structure our lives and things as Christians is a very important thing. Anthony? I think... Um Probably the primary focus, or at least uh, the first expectation that we should have in prayer is the same that Christ has, which is the will of God. You know, um, that the will of God in the way that Jesus taught us to pray comes second only to praising God's name. So basically, after you value and honor God the way that you should, it's his will that we should desire. And so I think um, when you start out prayer with that mindset, I think it changes things about what you should be expecting from your prayers. Yeah, absolutely. And today we're going to be talking about expectations of prayer. But before we do that, 
I just want to point out that we really need to have good expectations. You know, when you have relationships with other people, you know, a lot of times people get split up because they don't have good expectations for one another. You also look at things like movies. You know, one of the movies that a lot of people love that I've kind of have been okay with but haven't thought it's the greatest is the Dark Knight movie with the Joker. When I was young and that came out when I was in high school, you know, everybody was like, the Joker is demonic, the Joker is demonic. And I was about a week late going to see it. I went and saw it and I was like, the Joker's not demonic. And I hated the movie because I had been sold something that wasn't right. And I've gone back and seen this again as, in, as I'm older. I'm like, yeah, the Heath Ledger Joker is actually a really good movie. But I was just underwhelmed by it at the time because I had really bad expectations for it. And I know even in our conversation in show prep, we were talking about Jumanji and things and oh, yeah. how there's a huge difference between what Amanda thought about it and Anthony. Well, I'll just let y'all speak for yourself. But Well, yeah, it just um, movies are... You know, there's so many different kinds. And so if you come to a movie just wanting to have some fun, uh, we talked about Jumanji. Also, there's another uh, shark movie that came out a couple weeks ago, 47 Meters Down, The Uncaged. It's the sequel. And they're ridiculous movies. Like, they're not going to win an Academy Award or an Oscar if those are two different things or the same. I don't know. But anyways, they're, they're not, like, great art. But they're fun. And so if you just go watch it, go expecting to just watch and have fun and to enjoy something crazy or silly or just weird for, you know, an hour and a half, so two hours, you you're en fine. you enjoyed the new Jumanji Yes, movie. I did enjoy the new and Jumanji you went into it with expectations of it. I had such it. low expectations. I yeah. didn't know what to expect from it other than that it, hopefully the, uh, the Rock and, um, oh, Jack Black and some others that are in it. Uh, we're just going to, it was just going to be funny. But Anthony <laughs> did not like the new Jumanji movie. I'll say this much. Um, there are hills to die on. <laughs> the first one is that Christ died and uh, resurrected for our sins. And so I would say that I didn't like the Jumanji movie and leave it at that. Well, I love the are rock, Are you saying that's not a hill to die on is what you're trying to say? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, we, we can be <laughs> abrupt here. There, the thing is, though, with, with stuff in life, if you don't have the right expectations for it, you can... You can really get burned you by stuff. You can miss out, yeah. Yeah, you can really miss out. And you can have a bad taste in your mouth about stuff if you had a bad expectation on the starting point. And in the church, we really have two big problems with prayer. One, people don't have actual godly expectations for prayer. They, they get sort of weird theologies. Um, and another is that people just don't pray. You know, two big sides of that. So today we're going to talk about expectations of prayer. So what I'd like for us to do is I'm going to throw out some proposals on what I think are, are good expectations of prayer, and I'll let us discuss it here around in the studio. And again, you out there in the audience, send your thoughts, questions, and comments. So first and foremost, as far as expectations of prayer, prayer is communication with God, and it should invoke the name of God. It should draw you close to God and keep you focused on God and his design for your life. So again, this is not something about so much you, this particular expectation anyway, we'll get to some others. What I'm trying to say in this point is that it's about you and God. It is about your soul and its relationship to God. It's not necessarily about other things in the world. This particular point we'll get to other things in a moment. But what I'm saying now is you've got to start with saying this is about my soul and God. Mm -hmm. What do y'all think about that? Well, and I think this is, it, it, it's very fundamental, and even Pastor Anthony pointed this out in his earlier comment, that we have to start with who God is. And, and we know this, I think, intellectually, because we even see this in the Lord's Prayer. You know, it starts off with who the very nature of the holiness of God. But I think it's one of the hardest to actually implement, because in our prayer life, we, we kind of almost start off with either what we're thankful for or what we want, and we forget how this is actually relational. 
And I think also it can tie back to then we're probably really bad with our human uh, relationships and it, it bleeds over into how we, we treat God and vice versa. Because let's think, like, even if all we did with our, our, our spouses or our significant others or our friends or our family members, if all we did was, like, talk to them about what we want or what we need or what's going on in our life, it's obviously very one-sided. And because prayer does not have that kind of immediate reaction, like when talking with someone else, you get their response, you can see facial features or hear their voice. Uh, with God, it's a little bit more difficult. It, there's that extra step in faith and in faithfulness um, to trust in the nature of God and allow God to speak um, and to focus then on God and not on ourselves. Yeah, and that's the thing. Prayer, it should start off being you're invoking God to come in your life, and that's a very important thing. Now, it doesn't stop there. Again, even though that first point was talking about your soul and God, we are going to move beyond that because we relate with the world around us. Pastor Mike, one of the other things that I think is a very appropriate understanding of prayer is that it should help you find understanding. Say you've got a problem, and again, I always encourage people to read and incorporate that as part of your prayer life, but it helps you find understanding, it helps with revelation, and it helps you kind of keep your character in place. What do you think about that? Well, absolutely. You know, when we pray, a lot of times, like Pastor Amanda, it seems one-sided. We're the one doing the speaking, but the one that we want to hear from the most is, of course, God. And so, you know, reading the Bible, um, you know, the, the, the stories of the people of God is a way for God to communicate to us through our Holy Scripture. So uh, I very much like to include um, the reading of Scripture is really part of a prayer life to discern the will of God in our lives. And uh, with, with that being said, you know, is, is there a proper, uh, you know, formula or position? And, you know, we've heard, you know, to start out with adoration, and those things are really good. But, you know, I, I kind of like uh, at times we'll give people the Jonah prayer when we're getting, uh, you know, uh, in tight positions and just cry out, Lord, help us. And when that happens, uh, you know, I think God is so attentive. It is a relationship that he hears, uh, you, you know, the the our hearts cry out uh, and even at times as we hear in Romans you know even the spirit prays for us intercedes for us in prayer so uh, it is very much relational and I think it should be a time of, of often meditation and listening to God but also uh, supported with scripture reading yeah and, and that's really the thing though you read scripture and a lot of times you find hey this is actually speaking to where I'm at here and now I have an understanding about what's going on now. And having a prayer life, a good expectation is that will help you keep your character up. We go back to the stories in Genesis with Cain and Abel. Cain, he's kind of into it with his brother. And God has this conversation with Cain that says, hey, keep up your countenance, keep up your face, keep up your character. And if you spend too much time thinking about the, the resent you have for your brother, it's going to turn into murder. And one of the things is about having a prayer life. It helps you find that understanding. It helps you keep your character well. And Anthony, I'm going to throw this to you in a second. But this idea that having a prayer life, it's not just a self-help therapeutic technique. It's something which is actually a serious affair. And it helps keep your life focused towards God and not just, you know, whatever emotion you're feeling, whatever resentment or anything you're feeling like that, it redirects you towards God so that you can interact with the world a little better. What are your thoughts on that, Anthony? Well, I feel like um, living faithfully frequently has to do with remembrance. Um, I know whenever I was first trying to start committing committing to towards living a uh, godly life, uh, I would find myself maybe 
forgetting about the commitments I made. And so maybe like in some sort of bout between my siblings, I mouth off to them or say something like that. And I make mistakes like that. But whenever you pray in those situations, it's it makes it easier to remember the commitments to Christ that you're supposed to make. And it makes it easier to remember um, the blessings and gifts that he's given you and uh, what he's owed on your side of the covenant. And so um, I would say that, yeah, it is more than just a uh, self-help technique and more than just something for emotional processing, but it puts the world into perspective and reminds you that you're part of the kingdom of God. Yeah, and that's, that's a very important thing. Pastor Amanda, coming back around to you, mm-hmm. again, we've kind of talked about some issues that the church has with prayer. There is a lot of misunderstandings and things which go on in the world looking into the church. You see the secular world, it doesn't really understand the role of prayer. And sometimes in the church, we find that we oftentimes have difficulty in our own lives. And when we were doing show prep today, you know, there was really two sides of the prayer problem I see in the church. One of them is people just actually not praying. <laughs> kind of, you know, we, we get and put a sticker on our our door or something like that. We kind of have the cute Christian aesthetic, but we don't actually spend a lot of time living that out. And then the other side is, is where people have a serious problem. They deliberate, should I pray about this? You know, I'm going to a job, you know, I'm, I'm lonely. I want friends, but do I want God to come and take away people's free will? You know, when we, we find ourselves with those questions, um, one of the things I, I really wanted to, to say, is there a rule about things that we should not pray about, Pastor Man? I mean, if you're deliberating about that stuff, what decisions did you actually arrive at? Well, I think um, first and foremost, I think the quick answer is pray about it. Because if prayer is truly relational, then if you're praying about something you shouldn't be praying about, God will reveal that to you. God will be a part of that conversation. If you're reading scripture, if you're communing with fellow believers, um, you know, if you're praying for the downfall of a a friend who you've lost, you know, have a broken relationship with, obviously at some point, if you are truly in prayer, God will be like, you know, that's not really a Christian response to uh, having a broken relationship. And so, no, I think you definitely should pray. I think that's the short answer. I think the other thing is, you know, when we're uh, little kids and, you know, little kid says, oh, pray for my puppy or pray for my stuffed animal. We're like, oh, that's so cute. And, you know, it's kind of funny now that I've gotten so much older, I found myself praying for my dog again. Um, That is an important part, actually, of my prayer life. And it is because, but it's not in kind of that childish sense of like, it's mine and I want it. But it's like, this is, God has blessed me uh, with Uh, another creature that shows love to me, but also with the responsibility to care for someone else. And so there's maturing that happens when we pray. And there's a focus shift. It is, we can pray about ourselves and we should pray about ourselves that we are maturing. We should pray about the situations in our lives. But as we pray and we pray with intentionality and purpose, we find God transforming us and transforming that focus, one primarily on who God is and God's will and also on others and caring for others. And so especially when we come to these situations, like maybe it is praying for a spouse or praying for uh, relationships or or job expectations or job opportunities. Uh, God's not going to leave. You you can pray that God changes their free will. He's not going to do that, but um, that's just not gonna happen. But what we do in those conversations is God says, all right, I'm going to remind you about who I've called you to be. And that even if this thing happens, that's not inside your will, or even maybe something happens that's outside of God's will, because we do believe that God has uh, his perfect will, but also his permissible will. That basically means God allows free will to take place. And so people make bad choices. But even when those bad choices are made, 
God's love and mercy and uh, providence are not taken away. And if we have that prayer life where we're going to bring anything to God, then that conversation can happen where we are equipped to handle whatever situation may come our way. Pastor Mike, we've talked about healthy expectations, and I think we've got a pretty solid list here, and we'll recap we'll recap them towards the end of the episode. But there also are some bad expectations that people have of prayer. And you can pretty much encapsulate them as things which are me-oriented rather than things which are God-oriented. And let me just throw these at you and see what you think. I think two notable bad expectations people have of of prayer is when they go to God kind of demanding, God, give me my will. You know, people that have a problem, they have a temptation they've been thinking about, and they say, oh, I've been praying with God for years about this. And they say, but he's never answered this. When in truth, maybe God did answer it. And so, you know, that's a sin and a temptation. But you were just wanting the answer that said, no, go ahead. Go and divulge into that sin. Go live that out. Live live your truth. You know, go do whatever it is that is your personal taste. Because we all are born sinners and we all have some temptation that weighs on our heart. And many times people, their expectation of prayer is that eventually God will just break down and say, go ahead and do it. Um, And another bad expectation is that God would break the free will of others and almost elevate you to a unique station where, you know, everyone around you has their free will revoked so that they can serve you. Sort of this idea that says, you know, I I want someone to come in my life and fill this spot and um, God, just do it. Just make it happen. Just, you know, give me someone who's not really a person. They're more like a, a mannequin that's just a puppet for me to kind of work with. They they just want God to kind of break down his will and just answer our prayers on our terms that are our will. What do you think about that as bad expectations? Yeah, I think anytime you you look at prayer as a means of manipulation to God, that is really a different God than the God that we have and it's manipulation. If it prayer is like rubbing the the, the you know the bottle and a genie comes out and give you you know you got three wishes to get what you want, that is definitely not the God that we work and I think Anthony did a a good job of um, you know, saying, you know, it is the will of God that that we're called to be a part of the kingdom. Uh, he, he stated that really well. And indeed, to be in the will of God and for the kingdom of God, when we're praying for something, it is for the benefit of the kingdom of God in our lives and the lives of those around us. And so I think uh, in asking for things in prayer, we have to realize that our, a lot of times we may not be as mature, we, we're definitely not as wise as we need to be, especially when we look at God and what God knows and how God uh, functions according to his will. And that's not to say we can't know anything about God. We do know some things about God. Uh, we may not know everything, but we do know he's a God of love, a God that is faithful to his uh, uh, people and to his creation and that he, he does have free will um, and, and he gives that free will to us. So when we pray, we should always uh, be sure that we're praying to the God, our God, who is not a genie in a bottle, but yet we're yeah. praying for things to come about that further the kingdom of God. Yeah. Anthony? Um, so something that I think should be brought up in this context also is just that our God is the good Father who gives good gifts to his children amen and you know um if we ask our father for something how much better are the gifts that he gives us if we sinners want to give gifts that are good to our children yeah you know um and so that's something that i think we should keep in mind in all this because some of it seems i I was listening to us and i was like well we sound a little negative and so i just want (laughs) to reassure everyone that uh god does indeed love us and care about us and 
cares about our petition also. There's evidence all throughout the Bible oh, sure. that God yeah. will actually hear out yeah. the petition of his people, you know? Yeah. And um, I think even Christ takes time to pray for things yeah. and petition for things that he knows uh, may not be what God wants. And so, like, you can see this in um, the garden. He prays to the Lord that the cup might be lifted from him, but not as he wills, but as God wills. Yeah, and that's sure. what's important about that prayer is that, you know, he is concerned first and foremost for the will of God. And he recognizes that as the authority in his life. But yeah. that also doesn't stop him from recognizing that our God is a loving father who is considerate of us. And so Christ says, if it is at all possible, I would like for you to take this cup from me, but not as I will, but as you will. And yeah. so Christ recognizes his place in the kingdom. We too should also recognize our place whenever we lift up our petitions. Yeah. It's not wrong to lift up petitions to God. Uh, I think he'll answer that in all sorts of different ways, but um, he is a loving father. Yeah. Pastor Amanda. Well, yeah, I think it's one, it's silly for us to think we can hide our intentions from God. You know, it, Amen. It, it, it's silly of us to think that um, we can pray, you know, God, your will be done. And then like secretly in our hearts of hearts go, but really, I want this. Like, that's just silly of us. Like, and so we have to be honest with God. That And like, like Pastor Anthony said, listen, this is what I would like, but help transform me, help mature me to where I want what you want. And maybe what I want is what you want. Maybe it's not. But we have to be honest with God. And I think, again, to, to continue the analogy of a good parent it is, you know, your parents growing up did not let you eat cake for every meal because that would be bad for you. Maybe yeah. you wanted cake. You probably petitioned and whined and cried for cake, uh, but you did not get it every meal because a good parent knows what you need. Yeah. And so those answers to those, again, let's be honest with God, but also understand God is in the work of making us holy, uh, both H-O-L-Y, but also W-H-O-L-E-Y, holy people that yeah. we are complete and healthy and also happy. But um, his primary concern is not to have blind followers. If that was, then he would have been fine with just the angels. But he created us to love and be faithful to him as he is faithful to us. Well, you know, building off of some of the stuff y'all said, you know, a lot of times people, they don't really know exactly the answer they're looking for, though they have their wants. They have the things that we want. We want an answer to something. You know, you go back to the Old Testament. I love the stories of Haggai and Zechariah. It's this era where the people, they're out in the wilderness. You know, they've been in exile. They're kind of like, oh, what is our identity? Woe is me. You know, they just got done with the whole, you know, prophet of woe and lamentations has just <laughs> defined their last 70 years. And suddenly God's like, okay, I'm going to answer your prayers. How would you like a lifetime of hard labor building my temple? And you get some people who are kind of like, well, we don't really want that, God. And then you get a few prophets who are like, no. You need to get off your, you know, your derriere and go out and do this. You, you remember that time beforehand where there was actually a, a, a temple. You remember this. There are some of you old enough to remember this. And the others of you have gotten comfortable. And the message of the prophets is it's brutal. It's ugly. It says the answer is there. Get up. Go out and build. God has a, a work of labor for you. Pastor Mike. Yeah, I, I know sometimes, you know, especially as Westerners, we get this, this ruggedness, going to get up and do something. And so I, I like to use the phrase a lot of times, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. And I don't stop the phrase right there, but we continue on that says, you know, let us be God's instrument. In other words, when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. So let's be God's instrument and, and say, God, use us. Yeah. to bring about, um, you know, 
the work that needs to be taking place. So, uh, yes, it, in fact, uh, a lot of times when we have our board meetings, even though we use, use uh, Robert's Rules of Orders, we, we, it looks more like a prayer meeting, I hope. Because uh, yeah. we pray for every everything and everything. And yeah, we can make decisions, yeah. but let us take a moment to pray and ask God. And, uh, you know, for sure, I do believe the Spirit of God can reveal us, reveal to us good direction, especially when it's intended to benefit the kingdom of God. Yeah, and moving on, um, my regimen that I give people for a, a healthy prayer life, and again, this is, I'm, I'm not, Say, I'm not so arrogant to say I know more about Christianity than all of Christian tradition, but just my recommendation that I teach people, and I'm pretty confident in this, is that pray the Lord's Prayer three times daily. Incorporate reading into your prayer life and that scripture, and read other material too, because God reveals things to us as we read. We hear words, we see things, starts, things start turning in our minds, and we find revelation in that. And then also, when we are praying from the heart, choose your words well. I'm not someone who's a tyrant who says you have to use this word or that word, but I still believe we should have standards in our language and we should try to use language as decently as possible. We should be skilled in it and we should try to have very precise thoughts. Be honest with God about what you're thinking. Be honest with the, the situations in life. Try to be as clear as possible and that will help you think clearly and God will, will really bless you in all of that. So. Moving on a little bit further, we're about to get into Psalm 125, but before we do, Pastor Mike, I know you had something to, you wanted yeah, to add to I, that. You know, I think it's just very important to stay right here because of the, we stress an importance of the Lord's Prayer, but let's understand that the, the Lord's Prayer, is, it's not just Jesus' prayer, but yeah. it is the disciples asking Jesus, how do we pray? Yeah. And so that is our prayer. In other words, it is the Lord's teaching on prayer. I yeah. feel like that we should and always understand that. It is yeah. not, you know, that's Jesus' prayer. No, that is the way Jesus taught the disciples to pray, and that and we are disciples. Yeah. Well, one of the prayers that I love that comes directly from Scripture, and this is a scripture that you can pray as a prayer. I mean, there's a lot of scripture you can do that. You can do it really with all of Scripture. Though using a genealogy or something may not be <laughs> a little more difficult. It may be a little bit more difficult. That one doesn't roll off the tongue so well. But we look to the Psalms, and Psalm 125 is one that I think is just a, a beautiful psalm, and it's one that really speaks to a lot of areas in life. And let me just read these few verses with you. It says in Psalm 125, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. From this time on and forevermore. For the scepter of the wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, so that the righteous might not stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But to those who turn aside to their own crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. So in this, you find that, you know, having your faith in God, building your foundation of life around the God of Israel is making you like a mountain. It makes you a very well-fortified thing. Now, there's also evil in the world. And those times when you open up yourself to evil, when you allow things to come in, you start entertaining with things with ungodly, well, that's when you start falling away. And, you know, as the scripture kind of tells us in a bold way, those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with the evildoers. You know, you, you start throwing in your lot with the wickedness and you play bad games, you get bad Prizes, and that's kind of what's going on there. And one of the things which, which we find in the scripture is it's a reminder to us that when we build our foundation with God, no matter where you're at in life, 
Spend time praying this. You're building your foundation of God, and he will be there for you. Um, and the kingdom of God, it extends beyond this earth. That doesn't, nowhere in this does it say that you're getting the me will done, the will of the self, this whole deal of me want this. You know, like baby Sinclair from the dinosaur sitcom. It's not like that. The whole idea is God has something for you that is, is greater. It is beautiful. It is holy. And it is beyond the limits of this world. And when you pray and you move close to him, he will draw you near to that. Any thoughts on this scripture before we start wrapping up our conversation today? Pastor Amanda? I think there's something quite interesting in verse 3. It you know, says, For the scepter of the wickedness shall not rest in the land allotted to the righteous. And that makes sense as a prayer of protection, of, of, of blessing. But then it says, So that the righteous may not stretch out their hands to do wrong. And I think it's a good reminder for us, uh, those of us within the church, is we have a responsibility, and our prayer life should reflect that responsibility. And we have that responsibility to take care of others, um, to encourage one another, uh, that we are all called, regardless of what our job is within the church or within our occupation within life is, we are all called to be ministers of the gospel. And so we have a responsibility as Christians um, and in our prayer life. And again, prayer as this... um, practice as this means as maybe it's not a sacrament but as a some an action that is sacramental that transforms us or God's grace transforms us but through the means of prayer and so that we then are in our prayer life are calling on God to make sure our will is aligned with his and also that we are reaching out to others and that we are not doing anything that would hinder anyone uh, from hearing the good news yeah in this prayer on that particular verse, this prayer, this psalm, this song that we find here in Psalm 125, it's, it's got some interesting logic there. It suggests to us that when the evil scepter comes and it, it comes and it finds itself on the land allotted for the righteousness, that the righteous people start get tempted to do bad things. Being around the presence of that thing starts to tempt you. And you've got to be well fortified. Now, that doesn't mean that you just become ignorant of the world, but it also means that you got to do something in your life to keep you oriented towards God and not allow yourself to become tempted to do things which are wicked. You've got to really keep your moral center around God. Pastor Mike? I love to hear Pastor Amanda talk about her days growing up on camp meeting and hearing people pray through at the altar and, and you know, what that means. And I think really one of the important verses in uh, right there at 5 is how it ends. It says, Peace be upon Israel. And, you know, it's not peace like, you know, um, not at war, but it's a completeness, a wholeness. Yeah. And I think that, that prayer does that. It brings us into that completeness and that wholeness um, that reflects some of the stories that Pastor Man has talked about where where people would go to the altar and they would be there and praying, praying through till they found that that peace with God where the, the God's will and their will, their will aligned with God's will, basically. And... Uh, you know, that is a beautiful thing, I think, and this is peace be upon all of Israel, be upon all the people of God is really what that's saying. All right, so as we wrap this up, one last thing I want to mention here is it's become pretty popular in Western civilization for people to mock prayer and say, oh, we don't want thoughts and prayers. It's usually celebrities, people saying this. It's usually not something you see a lot in real life. Um, but then again, that's just kind of how the world is. What goes on in Twitter and Facebook isn't <laughs> necessarily the real world. And Whenever you're dealing with serious things in life, they don't need to be carried out on Facebook. They need to be carried out in, in real life. And by that, I mean serious problems. You know, Don't take drama to Facebook. That's not where you sort these things out. Um, but it's become popular to sort of mock prayer. And how the church should respond to this is, one, we're not here to please the world. So we shouldn't spend too much time caring. But also, um, prayer 
shouldn't be something which is hollow. It should be coupled with reading. It should be coupled with revelation. It should be coupled with a complete life that is structured towards God. And so these expectations which we have given today, and again, I'll recap them for you real quick. They are all meant to have a fortified prayer life. So the first expectation is, first and foremost, prayer should be a communication with God. It is between your soul and God. This is really, it should start off as being an invocation of God's name over your life. Second, prayer, it should help us find understanding. It should help us find revelation and find ourselves having a better temperament about things around us. Third, it should really truly help us maintain our character, not in the same way that like a self-help thing can, because a lot of those things are therapeutic and they're not, you know, objective. They're just kind of feel-good things that don't necessarily last. But this is about something which actually matters. It formulates your character and keeps you moving towards God. And the next expectation is that if you want to have a healthy prayer life, you should actually be praying. And for be deliberate when you come to your prayer life. If you are deliberating whether or not you should even pray to start with, do it. Be intentional about things. Say, you know, I'm not just going to sit over here and question. I'm actually going to take it to God. Have some follow through. Be deliberate when you are considering what you should pray about and not. And, of course, the bad expectations don't come to prayer saying it's about what my will wants, about me or something like that. We're not baby Sinclair sitting on top of his dad saying, not the mama, and beating the, the pot and saying, God, give me what I want or I'm going to do this again. That's not what prayer should be. So wrapping all this up, any final thoughts, questions, or comments from those in the studio? And those out there can send them to us too. Pastor Mike? Well, I'd just like to encourage everyone out there, and as I do, you know, people that I pastor, is when when you tell someone, that, hey, I'm going to pray for you, I'll be praying for you, do it right then. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to, if you can't do it with them and you don't have time, then uh, what I would suggest doing is as soon as they, I mean, but do it right then. It doesn't have to be an elaborate prayer, but make that prayer happen. If you say it, do it. It's very important to do that. You know, one of the things I recommend, if you can't actually be with them, text them a prayer. Yes. What do you think about that, Pastor Mike? I, I agree. Yeah. I, I've texted prayers before, uh, email prayers, yeah. handwritten prayers. Um, those are, I mean, prayers is relationship and praying with people is communal. God is a communal God where we're, we're more of a family knit group of people and, and communicating with one another and reaching out and praying together with other believers to God and for them is is extremely important and I think it's vital to the Christian walk. Yeah. Pastor Amanda? Well, I think kind of going back to, uh, well, tying into what all you guys have said and then also going back, you had mentioned about praying and using, you know, exact language and I know that's been really helpful in trying to be intentional in that for me and when praying for people if, you know, I kind of have a list in my head who I'm praying for, and so I go through the list, and I'm like, well, instead of just saying their name, say something that they're dealing with. Yeah. And when yeah. I say, when I do that, then I'm reminded, oh, that's right, like, today, um, I was reminded that one someone in our congregation was moving. So when I prayed for them in my own personal prayer life, I prayed that they would be, um, you know, things would go well, and they wouldn't be stressed, but then when I actually got to see them later in the day, um, I made sure to mention that, like, oh, you know, I heard you were moving. How is that going? And so that encouraged them because they knew, like Pastor Mike said, there's a community, there's a fellowship, there's a yeah. body that's surrounding them. And so that prayer life, although it 
it was personal or started off as a personal prayer life, it flowed out because again, prayer as transformation, it helped move us into a place where it brought in the whole community. And then I was able to actually pray for that person with them at a later time. And so, yeah, there, there's this, there has to be this movement uh, yeah. where it is a conversation between you and God, uh, but it should not stay a conversation just, just between you and God, but it can yeah. become a conversation with the faith community and with the world. Pastor Mike? Oh, I'd just like to say, you know, a lot of people sometimes will ask me or, or make the statement, I, I don't know how to pray. And, uh, you know, I, one of the greatest joys I've had in, in my life is working with uh, kindergartners or little, little, little folks learning to pray. And, and you know, that's the thing. Just, just say something from your heart. And uh, the things, to hear a small child uh, who truly believes in God and just pours their little heart out and says, you know, help mom and dad and, and help me to pick up my toys, my clothes to be a part. And, you know, we have that conversation on how to pray. So, there, you know, if you're looking for the right formula, you know, what really is the right formula to have a, a, a being totally honest and pouring yourself out to God. Yeah, and very good. Well. With that, I guess we'll wrap things up. We thank you for joining us. Send us your thoughts. And we do have a website now, kingdomofthelogos.com. Please go and check that out. If you'd like to donate, you can do that monetarily at patreon.com slash kingdomofthelogos. We appreciate your viewership. Please grab a link to our content and share it with your friends. With that, God love you and have a blessed day.